0: Hi everyone, I'm John Alfred. I'm a broadcaster based in the UK and welcome to Different Minds, a podcast series that looks at neurodiversity, the different ways our brains can work and interpret information. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Aspire Autism Consultancy, the leading providers of autism and ADHD training, educating and enabling families, therapists and healthcare professionals to gain knowledge and understanding of neurodiversity. The courses are written by two specialist psychotherapists and include the voices and lived experiences of neurodivergent individuals. For further details go to www.aspireautismconsultancy.co.uk Delighted to be joined by Ohulia and Tido, an English folk music duo from Yorkshire today to talk about life as a neurodivergent couple and parenting. Singer-songwriter Heidi Tito and her wife, singer-songwriter and pianist Belinda O'Hall were nominated for Best Duo at the 2013 BBC Radio 2 Folk Awards. Their 2016 album Shadows was given a 5-star review in The Guardian and four of their other five albums, including their 2017 release, Winter Folk Volume 1, have received four-star reviews in the British national press. In 2019, their song Gentleman Jack from the album The Fragile featured as the closing theme for the BBC HBO television series Gentleman Jack. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, hiya!
0: Thank you so much for for joining us. It's a real honour to have you here. So, how are you guys doing?
1: Well, we've just come back from a, a big camping expedition with our little boy Flynn uh, in Runswick Bay. Um, and uh, we've well, we're knackered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I've just been camping for five. I've actually just walked 500 miles in a, staying in a tent every night. I I walked from uh, Suffolk uh, through, and then through Essex, and we finished in Tilbury on the Thames Estuary. So um, I can relate to you when you say, um, I'm also naked as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For different reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So let's just have a quick listen then to your 2019 song, Gentleman Jack from the album The Fragile, uh, which, uh, as we say, features as the closing theme for the BBC HBO television series Gentleman Jack. and Jack is such an amazing series on, on, on the BBC yeah. obviously that's based in Yorkshire as well although the character is, is based in Yorkshire, that 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 must be so amazing to be a part of that just, just tell us a bit more about how that came about
2: oh yeah, yeah, it's just been incredible, like um, just something we never expected because we wrote that song years ago, like 2011 yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah, we wrote that song ten years ago now um just from a conversation. A lot of our songs come out of conversations with people. Um you know, one of sort of the features I guess of autism is is our sort of special interests. And our yeah, special yeah. interest really is stories. Collecting yeah. stories is what we're really into and uh, little things that people say we really pick up on. And um, chatting to this woman who told us about um, Anne Lister and we hadn't heard of her. Um, And she said, um, oh yeah, she was around in the um, 1800s and she was the first kind of, I guess, documented modern lesbian. And she kept her life written in four million words worth of diaries. And that she had lots of relationships with local women, and she was a landowner, she was a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, a mountaineer. She's just this incredible, incredible woman that really defied the sort of gender um, expectations of the time, really. And she said behind her back, the local residents of Halifax referred to her as Gentleman Jack, and we just grabbed each other like oh this is gonna be a song and we just knew and very very occasionally Belinda and I get that feeling it's not doesn't happen very often when we get the feeling we always have to write
0: Jack so you, you, you just knew that you had to, to do that yeah
1: yeah and uh, we were, we went to Ireland on holiday. And we, call, we called it a songwriting holiday because it's just getting away and walking walking and talking, and that's how we create a song together. We create lyrics first, and we, we talk a lot. And um, we were running, actually, and I, I just shouted to Heidi, behind her back, she's Gentleman Jack. <laughs> and then Heidi shouted back, ever so fine, won't <laughs> toe the line. And then we got back to the house, and we wrote it in about ten minutes. And um we were really excited. We knew. Wow. We just knew it was going to be. Um, we knew. We knew it had something. It had something. Yeah. And then, in the morning, we put the we put the music to it, and um, and it was always a real favorite. Everybody wanted to hear that when we did gigs. Oh, you're gonna do Gentleman
2: Jack? Yeah, and Keris Matthews played on Six Music, didn't she? And yeah. Just all this stuff happened. It's like, oh my God, we've written a song about a lesbian, you know historic lesbian and everybody wants to talk about it. it's like this is great on so many levels
1: <laughs> and people like the jack the, last, or jack the last thing The kind of turning round with the jack the last thing which, which was one of heidi's things that she thought of. and then um, and then just lucky enough that sally wainwright was played it and became a long time later yeah yeah she admits she became obsessed with the song and she was playing it all the time and I think it helped her create the character so we gave her sort of a bit of um, a bit of swagger and a bit of energy
0: yeah i mean i've i've I, i've watched the entire first series and, and 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 the music it just completely fits with the whole drama the character Anne jones it it's just almost made for them isn't it it's amazing
2: yeah a lot of people have said that cause, um yeah cuz we The chap called um, Murray Gold wrote the rest of the music for the show, but he based it all on the style of our song.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, And I think that did contribute to her rhythm and her walking style and everything about her. She's just got that sort of jig, hasn't she? Because the song is an Irish, an Irish sort of jig, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So. Yeah, and just Sally Wainwright came to a gig we were doing a couple of years before the show and said, uh, "Hiya, my name's Sally. Can I use your song in my new drama?" We were like, "Wow." Um,
1: yeah, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pinch <laughs> me moment, that, isn't it? Really? Like, that is amazing. <laughs> that is,
0: that, is <laughs> that amazing. was at
1: the gig, it was like a bit kind of weird, and then...
0: That is amazing. I happen to know that they're filming the the second series now, aren't they, yeah Jackie, yeah. New York? So that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Mm. Do we know yeah. when that's going to hit the screens? Is that going to be um early next year, sometime? Do we think?
2: Not sure. I'd, yeah, I think it's obviously been a long process because of COVID. So
0: yeah. yeah. I
2: think it's hard for anybody to, you know, make plant definite plans at the moment. But it is, yeah, yeah. It's coming. It's coming.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's coming. That's brilliant. It's coming. Yeah. So in terms of you guys, then in terms of your career, then so how has um, yeah how has the past obviously yeah eighteen months been for you guys? Obviously we're living in extraordinary times right now, and hopefully we're coming out at the other end. But yeah, how how has life been for you guys?
1: Well, I know the lockdown and the pandemic have been devastating in so many ways for so many people. Um, it's hard to express the positives of that at the time without sort of feeling like you're hurting other people who've experienced so much pain uh, but for us we had been doing a lot of gigs and a lot of touring and, for 10 years for 10 years and then Flynn was born a little boy in September 2019 and we were still touring because of Gentleman Jack we did two tours before he was even six months old. But then lockdown hit in March and suddenly we weren't we, gigging at all. No, we were at home with Flynn and it's been in many ways the best thing that could have happened to us because we, we got a chance to just spend time with him and see him develop, get more confident with bringing... A child, because for us as autistic women, having a child has been both mind-blowing and the most incredible experience of our lives, but also such a massive change. Yeah, hugely challenging. To get our heads around the change and the constant change and unpredictability of having a child i think yeah. if we'd still been touring as he started to get older i think we would have really struggled yeah. not to get completely yeah. overwhelmed all the time
2: yeah yeah so we it's... really needed a period of stability to yeah. cope with the huge life change because for i mean for us i mean we only were both diagnosed with autism in November last year, so yeah. it's it's quite new, really. I
0: mean so you had new. that during you had that during lockdown basically. That yeah. during lockdown. Yeah. Wow.
2: Absolutely. I mean obviously we've always been autistic, but we've only really yeah. started to really look at it and face yeah. it really, haven't we? And realise it. I mean I think I've known for a long time, but I think it took you a long, much longer time to know that you were as well. Yeah. Um and realising just the fact that we are both quite do find change difficult and we need a lot of predictability and a con feel a sense of being able to control our environments and all those things really mm. that it that it made so much sense when we got diagnosed. So to then have a child it's like, was just that's actually how we became diagnosed was the realization. Whoa. This is this is so challenging. This is so overwhelming. Um, and we actually we found Deborah Workman, didn't we?
1: Yeah, yeah, a couples counselor who specialized. And
0: Deborah's in- from the Spire Autism Consultancy. That's right. Isn't yeah, it? That's
1: yeah, that's right. And she helped yeah. has really helped us develop strategies to yeah. enable us to keep our energy levels uh, above a certain level so that we can yeah. uh, pair in parent, yeah. as well as we can yeah. and look after ourselves. I mean, how,
0: how was that like for both of you then to kind of almost discover that aspect of, your, your, of you both? And you both kind of, you know, having a diagnosis at a similar time. I mean, that must have been quite a... A special experience to go through in one sense.
2: Mm. I would say, yeah, a massively interesting yeah. journey and
1: emotional,
2: and as very well, emotional, emotional, very tiring. Yeah. The assessments themselves were just exhausting, just absolutely exhausting, because it's like you talk about, you know, for me, forty years of your life in sort of quite a short period of time Um, and while you're doing it while you're talking about it all this stuff's coming to the surface of realization of what you've been through and um and how unrecognized it's been and and there's a massive sense of relief as well in knowing ah okay i'm not i'm not weird i'm not um i'm not ill i just have a different mind like you say a different way of processing different way of experiencing the world around me but uh, but that there's so many great things that come that too and probably what's brought us together yeah
0: it? definitely
1: yeah and i think cause as a songwriting duo we have very different skills um which is good so like Heidi has lots of very left field ideas and angles on things and melodic ideas are quite rule breaking because you don't really know what the rules are in terms of music and then I'm more kind of I would say quite obsessive musically I'm always playing music in my head and I play the piano instinctively so um, coming together it's worked really really well for us but I think that when we I always knew that Heidi had specific issues um, that were different from the norm, kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it yeah. was watching yeah. a program called The Bridge with Sargonorin, um the main detective character. In the bridge.
0: I've not, I've not seen that, but I've heard that's really good. Yeah. Well, she
1: never actually, she never actually says that she's got autism, um, but. The way she behaves just really reminded me of Heidi (laughs) in terms of being quite socially a bit kind of clueless. (laughs) Socially clueless. No, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. uh, And very sort of routine literal. And literal and maybe sometimes putting your foot in it without realising all that stuff. But as we delved into the autism, kind of uh, that whole thing, uh, realising that he- maybe Heidi was autistic. And my brother, Dominic, was diagnosed with autism um, about a year before we started looking into it, didn't, wasn't it? it Something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think I knew that I was, there was definitely something different about me as well, and the struggles that I've had growing up, especially at school and things. But we've, we've now been formally diagnosed with it. Do you think
0: it helps that both of you have had that diagnosis, and as a couple, you both understand each other, and that you, in terms of that you both got the same diagnosis? Do you think that's do you think that's a good thing?
1: Well, I think it's a good thing because it it it's like a journey we're on together, isn't it? And it makes a lot of sense of mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, yeah, right. I think it's actually made us a bit more sympathetic towards each other mm. because I think before that, at times we'd be kind of driven a bit crazy by each other's rigidity, inflexib- rigidity and flexibility about things. And we'd be like, oh, come on, can't you just, you know, come on, chill out? Yeah. Yeah, and now it's like, oh, of course. And, and you kind of start to feel a bit more empathic about that
0: you've got that emotional intelligence you've got that self-awareness now which kind of like as you say helps you understand why you know maybe the rigidity things there and but you have that so that must definitely help that you have that self-awareness yeah oh it
2: helps so much and I, and i think we're only at the start of that journey because
0: yeah
2: yeah it's a funny thing and deborah workman there um ther- couples therapist she really helped us to see that this is a huge process and that there's quite a lot to go through once you get that di- it's like you get your diagnosis and it's like well what now it's like you think it's all about getting the diagnosis but then it's like where do you go from there and you go through this big like journey yeah, where yeah. grief
1: grief yeah about
2: yeah.
0: Your yeah i was gonna say yeah, grief's a big thing, isn't it? Where you kind of grieve the, the 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 person that that grew up struggling sometimes with where they fit in in society and that kind of thing.
2: That's right. And almost a denial, like, I'm not I'm not yeah. artistic, I'm not, I'm just a pain in the ass. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Well <laughs> nasty, well that right? too, still that. Yeah. 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 That's not true. Yeah. That's
0: true. But it's actually quite a popular thing that now we're seeing a- adults later in life being diagnosed with autism for the first time as our understanding of what autism is is getting better. You know, we used to think autism was something that was spotted straight away in children and that was it. But now it's we're seeing more and more people in their 40s and 50s being diagnosed for the first time. And also, there's a recognition now that autism presents itself differently in women than men, and, and that women are better at masking, you know, certain autistic traits. And that the whole autism diagnostic process was perhaps very white male dominated. So, you know, yeah, I guess a lot of people, there's so many misconceptions out there around, around autism, because often they think it's just something that men have. So, yeah, what would you say to that as a as women then, you know, I guess... Um, you know, do you think it presents itself differently in, in women than men?
1: Yeah, because I think that um, women learn social skills um, in a in a in a different way. From my own experience, I was a very 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 shy uh, artist. Auto- Girl, who did not know the rules about any of it, and at school I just kept making all these mistakes and getting into trouble, breaking social rules because I didn't know what they were, um, and and slowly I started to make it my specialized subject, which was passing, passing, learning to pass as a normal person. I think feel like I've got a degree in it yeah you, you I, really
2: are
1: yeah. i obs- i've from and I remember doing it observing people, what they say to each other, how they react to each other, how to pass as a normal person, and I started passing when I was about ten, and I got so good at it that by um probably eighteen, nineteen, people thought I was an extrovert yeah, when we met you were definitely extroverted I could hold a room and like you know oh invite Belinda she's so much fun you know full of anecdotes oh yeah and and being like the center of attention oh yeah But there was another person inside me that was absolutely dying from this this energy this having to be like that not knowing how not to be like that how it Dream that was because I didn't know how to turn it down or and my journey since being diagnosed at forty nine is reacquainting myself with the the undeveloped mm. young part of me, yeah that is quiet that doesn't really like to be in social situations with lots of people, who loves being in nature and that loves taking her time and likes to listen and doesn't want to control the whole environment. Um, Well, that's a
2: coping mechanism, isn't it? The control.
1: yeah. Yeah. But people who know me, And have not known that I'm autistic, but I've only known me in a social setting. I really, really kind of like, what? You? You can't be autistic. But that's because I've been able to mask very well. And I think a lot of girls get good at masking. They do. They do. Um, I think you're,
2: I imagine you're quite uh, on the extreme end of that spectrum of masking. Yeah. Because I don't think I do it as successfully as you. Like, no, you don't. I I think it's quite obvious that I'm awkward socially and
1: uh,
0: yeah, you know. What would you say? I, what would you say to people that say, you know, isn't everyone a little bit autistic"? What, what What do you? What What? How does that make you feel when you hear that?
2: Very very annoyed and irritated. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just it's it feels very unconsidered that people say that, like almost populist, like like it's almost a bit cool, and it's like they've got no understanding that, of what an, an autistic person actually really goes through, like you know, that it is, even though there are lots of strengths which needs to be celebrated and talked about, equally there are so many daily struggles Um, that make it quite, what's the word, uh, infuriating when somebody says, oh, well, I'm a bit autistic. It's like, well, you've got no idea, actually, what it actually means. Yeah.
0: So have you got any examples, then, of those? Can you give us, for someone that maybe doesn't know too much about it, what is an example of a daily struggle or a challenge that you guys might face?
2: Oh, one example well i guess simple things just like it's life outside the door really so at home home is like to me and you i think a sanctuary your private special place but as soon as you get out of that door there's going to be all these situations that you're worried you're not going to be able to deal with just simple things like going to the shop having to talk to people um all these scenarios that you encounter that um that feel overwhelming and outside your ability to deal with um and it never gets any easier it's like every single day when you step out the door it's the same it's like uh, i'm gonna have to talk to what what if they do something that i'm i get confused about or they say something to me that i don't understand just simple things like communication
1: it's almost like speaking different languages sometimes Uh, an example of that's on our camping trip recently so the night a couple of well not last night the night before um i had bumped into the people that was camping next to us and the woman seemed really nice um and she chatted to me for a bit and but i really wanted to get back to our van um and our yeah okay and bye and then we were sat in the cab of our van with our little boy asleep in the back really and happy on the little world we just yeah. sat in the quiet and we were having a cup of tea and she came past and she waggled a bottle of wine at me <laughs> like do you, bottle, do you want a glass of wine and and I went I, I shut my head and then I said did you think I should tell her that why, why I don't want a glass of wine? And she was like, "Yeah, go on, go and tell her." <laughs> so I walked up to her and I said, "I don't want a glass of wine because I've got a cold and I've just taken um, a mole, so better not." <laughs> and she kind of looked at me a bit like, "You know, I don't need all this." <laughs> and I said, "And just because you you might have been wondering what was in the pizza box, it was um it was a takeaway, um and it wasn't very good." And she was like, "Oh, okay." And then she said. Do you like pasta? And I said, oh, yeah. And she went, let us cook for you tomorrow night. We'll cook you a meal. And and my whole brain exploded like, oh, no, I don't want to have a meal with you. Oh, God, what am I going to (laughs) do? And so I just went. They're great thanks and I, <laughs> and I got back in the van and I said to Heidi, oh god I said yes i cooking a meal for us and tomorrow night and they're going to come to the van and Heidi's like no 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 I hadn't even met them so, so I thought oh what am I going to do how can we get out of it so I wrote on the pizza box thank you but we don't want the pasta meal we, we just we just want to be quiet <laughs> And in the morning, um, I I felt like I was courageous enough to go over and personally say thank you to the office, but we're going to just sit in the cab in the quiet like we like to do. And and that's when I realised, God, we are so different. And I think a lot, you know,
2: I think a lot of people think nothing of like having a glass of wine with their neighbours on the campsite, but. We almost need to go to a campsite where there's nobody else,
1: don't we? Yeah, it's so stressful. That it's stressful, and the struggle to communicate and not look like a lunatic. You know, <laughs> but also, but like you're trying
0: to always, often you're trying to always please other people, aren't you? Yeah. And um yeah. it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. to kind of because people don't understand why wouldn't you want a glass of wine and. It's difficult. You, you find yourself in situations that you perhaps don't really want to be in. Yeah,
2: all the time, all the time, and our yeah. jobs massively social. You know, yeah. got to yeah. perform at festivals and we meet people all the time, but but we're in an environment then that we understand. Yeah, like work. Like this is a compartment. This is work, and we talk about our music and um, you know. I know we know what to say in it's almost like we've got a script, it's like I know what to say in those scenarios and, and people
1: keep their distance because they're meant to. Yeah. So we can have these kind of quite easy conversations because they're not too close up in yeah. a way. Yeah. And yeah. we like it like that. Yeah. Although it's massively tiring, isn't it? It is tiring but it's yeah. we it's, like talking to our audience. Yeah. But it's,
0: it's yeah. quite predictable. Isn't yes, it? it's predictable. Yeah. 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 I wanted to ask you guys about the fact that I know a lot of research has been done that, that finds that a higher incidence of same sex attraction among individuals with autism, spectrum disorder. I wonder if there's any parallels with your experience as, as gay women and that of being autistic.
2: That's a, yeah, that's a really good question. That's something that fascinates us as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, and sexuality and also gender presentation. Yeah. Um, And I guess without knowing a lot of the research, I guess we can only talk about our own experiences and that both of us growing up felt more like boys. Like, I mean, I thought I was a boy growing up actually up until a certain age i thought well i'm more like him and him I, but i think it's because i feel like perhaps when you're autistic you don't internalize those social rules so much like girls are supposed to wear this and boys should wear this
1: and you just go with comfort you go with you? what you
2: like and there's also is a lot about comfort because the whole other topic is the sensory issues that come with autism so I like, I guess it's like, you know, somebody, I, when I was growing, I remember somebody ignorant saying like, why do you dress like a man? You look like a boy. Like, Well, to me, clothes are comfortable, practical. I can get, I can play outside in them. And my hair's short because it's
1: easier and, you know, um, and because you're trying to um, work out where you, your place is in the world, and you're looking at boys and you're thinking, well, they all kind of look a bit more like me or I look a bit more like them. So maybe I am a boy. Yeah. And then you've got parents trying to get you into a dress. Yeah. And and, and, you're screaming. and you don't want <laughs> yeah. it. And they're thinking, well, maybe, you know, they there's something wrong with this child in some way. I think, as Heidi says, it's just that we're not navigating the gender stereotypical rules. We're just not internalizing them. Not internalizing. It's all
2: so, a lot of it's unconscious, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's not even like, ooh, I think I want to dress like a boy, or it's just it's just how you. And
0: feel. it's like you're not really conforming to the rules of society, are yeah, you? Exactly. And yeah, um, yeah,
1: do you know the, the the same sex attraction? Yes, I wonder. My, I've got a theory whether it's something to do with your first guide. Because we need guides. Yeah, that's a thing. yeah. And my first guide was my mum. So I felt safe with my mum. My mum, sort of like, I could kind of walk round with her, be her little shadow and watch her. And everything was fine, as long as I was with my mum, so school was very scary because I wasn't with my mum, but I soon found a sort of another guide, which was my friend, and she was like my best friend, and as long as I was with her, then I were all right. Well, I think that maybe, because with me and Heidi we are each other's guides, we help emotionally regulate each other, yeah, and we learn things from each other, we like. learn things off each other. Um, I often look at you what, and like, what do we do here? Or vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> and we feel safer with this person. Yeah. And I look at a lot of gay female couples. A lot think, of them to our shows, don't they? And I just think, God, how many, you like us, you? How many yeah. of them are autistic? are autistic? They found they found their guide for each other, and they walk around together, and it helps. It's like it's It makes helped. you feel a bit safer. Yeah, in the world. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, that is fascinating. I don't know what your coming out stories are, but did you find that you had to almost come out twice in life? Then first time as gay, second time as autistic. Well,
1: Absolutely. Just started the whole autistic thing, hasn't it? And yeah. It does feel a bit similar.
2: Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. But in some ways, it feels harder to come out as autistic. Yeah. I've <laughs> loads of I've tell told that that many people. This this is like. I guess it is a way of. T- Telling everybody because we haven't. Talked this before. is
0: the first time. This is the first time you've you've kind of gone public with your autism diagnosis. Is that correct? Talked Pretty much. First
1: a... time we've talked about it openly. Yeah. You put yeah. it on Twitter, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. got quite a lot of um, comments on there, but you know, like even from family. Um, we haven't talked about it very much, have we? No, but it does feels similar in that
2: you you get. I think the f- the fear is that people are going to say, you're not autistic, you give eye contact. And it's a bit like, it's almost like the parallel is, you're not gay, you've had boyfriends. You know, it's that people just seeing the
1: outside of you um, and having expectations. And uh. I have a very negative inner voice that says, they're not going to believe you. Yeah, that's it. And I've taken so long to try and pass as sort of neurotypical that I imagine that they don't believe me. And yeah. because I think I've been a quite a people pleaser, I'm worried about like telling them and upsetting them. And yeah. It's just a huge pot of like anxiety. Yeah, it does make you anxious again. So yeah. strange it is
0: there's so there's still lots of misconceptions out there, aren't there, when it comes to you know sexuality or you know autism and any neurological condition really and I just you know this the, the typical one the classical one that people say that autistic people have got no empathy you know so how obviously which is totally untrue, but how do you? How do we challenge, what do we need to do as a society to, to help people better understand what, what it means to have autism, or, you know, or any other neurological condition?
1: Oh, how, how do we do that? <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Not a difficult question, I know. Well, yeah. From us, yes.
1: with sexuality, what we decided to do was a, as a duo that was singing, singing and performing and being in the media was not, to hide, not it, to hide it yeah, and just be us and be open about our sexuality and we've found that that has helped quite a lot of people have come up to us or written to us saying that we've helped them feel okay about themselves enough to tell people and so we sort of feel like for us with autism we're going to do the same thing we're going to we're on a journey we don't know all the answers we're still processing no. ourselves may be the case for lots of other people our age and younger people but if we stay quiet about it then we're not in some ways we're not helping but if we just keep the dialogue open yeah and i guess yeah. it's people like yourself in the media yeah that, you know
2: creating awareness um uh, there's more and more people writing books about it like i've just bought a whole load of like my new obsession is reading women's stories of autism and I think more and more women especially are writing about their experiences I think you know just it it's just getting a bit easier to find out about it um
0: yeah you know I, actually, I, I yeah definitely I actually interviewed Holly Smale um, and yeah. the author of Geek Girls yeah. um she was recently diagnosed with autism mm-hmm. at the age of 39, mm-hmm. and yeah, she's got a best-selling Geek Girl series out there, which has sold more than three million books. Mm-hmm. And she's never she talks about how she's never felt like she fits in mm-hmm. in society. Yeah,
2: yeah, Holly Smale and there's Sarah, um, Sarah Gibb. Yeah, I've just been. Oh, I'm, Drama reading, Queen. I'm reading her book, Drama Queen, at the moment. And there's just so much overlap in these stories. It's like I'm here. Here I am, I can find myself in these yeah, books and uh, it's great to it's find important.
1: to find other people who who've gone through the same yeah. struggle. Yeah, and I think
2: there was more on the T V about it, like true representation
0: yeah. of autistic That people. is such a good yeah. I mean, that is such a good point because often in the media you, you get two uh, stereotypes presented of autism. You get the superhero savant type of yeah. uh, autistic. Or you get the person that's non-verbal yeah. with high support needs. Yeah. So it's at the different at both extreme ends of the yeah. spectrum, and we're not the media is not very good at kind of showing people in in, in between. If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah,
2: the nuances and the the yeah. middle ground, the complexities within the autistic yeah. spectrum. Because Glinda and I are both autistic, but we've got very different presentations to one another. Um, and there is that saying, isn't there? When you've what, met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Like one autistic person doesn't represent the whole, you know, population yeah. of autistic people in the world. And a lot of people's Definitely. reference point is Rain Man.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, very that,
2: rare. Yeah. The savant, I think, is a, it's quite a rare thing.
0: It you is. Know? Yeah, he's
2: a very, probably. I'm sure there are people like Rain Man.
0: I would say on Rain Man, you know, yes, you, you could say that that film did so much damage to the, the neurodivergent community because people think of that, that stereotype. But at the same time, you could argue that in the late 80s, you know, that was a brave thing to do. And, and our understand, that was their understanding of autism at that time. And, you know, they were they thought they were doing a good thing in terms of raising awareness of it. So you can see both sides to maybe why that came about. Yeah, and you've got
2: to start somewhere, haven't you? And yeah, I think it's much like um, the LGBTQI representation, isn't it? Um, the more it gets into the general media, and the more those characters and are... no, I don't want to say the word normal, but it's they're They are in everyday life, yeah, rather yeah. than it's like a, like say a superhero or um, like like Gentleman Jack, you know. Maybe Ann Lister was autistic, do you know, to I me?
0: Mean? Yeah, yeah. wow. <laughs> wow, you heard it here first on the Different actually, Lines podcast. <laughs> you
2: know, I could actually totally see that, couldn't you? Yeah. Like five million yeah. words worth of coded diaries. I mean,
0: I you know. hang on a minute, that actually makes total sense. <laughs> isn't it? That'll be the headline, <laughs> won't it? Uh, <Yeah>. Ann Lister <laughs> <is autistic. laughs> yeah. I just like. Do you know, like, the reality is that, you know, in 2021, you know, I know a lot of um, academics and lecturers and researchers that are are hiding the fact that they're autistic that for fear mm-hmm. that that's going to affect their careers. So why, you know. Do you yeah. think all you know neurodiversity autism has still got a way to go? A way to go when you compare it to like LGBTQI, you know, in terms of people are still hiding the fact that they're autistic. What? Why is that?
1: Why? Yeah, i I think there's shame because shame. when you're growing up and you're struggling yeah. and things are very difficult, both in terms of social social interaction. Um, and I guess when you're going through your sort of teens and you want to fit in and all that kind of stuff. And there's probably a lot of bullying and that Yeah, leads bullying. to a lot of shame. So the what I was gonna say it leads to shame. Yeah. Shame, shame is so big, is not it? In the LGBTQI community, shame is the umbrella that that enfolds everybody and coming out of that shame and being proud of Celebr- celebrating Moving into celebration who yeah. you are. I think that takes role models, it takes Does. visibility, it Does. takes being seen for all of the spectrum of who you are. Yeah. That that's part of you and there are amazing things about that. Yeah. And um so I think more visibility, more talking about it, more representation, um, celebrating. Like actually, I'm starting to think I'm glad I'm an autistic person. I, I like I'd rather be there than the other option because I feel like I see things in a slightly different way now. And the world, the world needs us. Yeah, we need we need <laughs> people with different ways of thinking. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And I mean, yeah. like from my, my own musical skills, um, are very different to a neurotypical. Sort of penis. I'm I'm glad about that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm getting so. We're starting. I feel I'm starting to get there with that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you raise really interesting questions. Things that we want to think about and talk about more ourselves. I remember in a session with Deborah, uh, one of our Zoom sessions on a third, Wednesday night, yeah. where over a Zoom, where we both looked dreadful. I mean, I was green on these Zoom meetings. So De- we all never met Deborah via Zoom. And I bet she thought that I had some like terrible skin conditions. It was like
1: Return of the Living it time, was. Wasn't It
2: But we had these great chats.
1: And um, <laughs> she um, she
2: told us about people that hid their autism and thought it would, you know, hinder their career um, chances. And she told us about somebody on Twitter that had come out
1: and that they got loads of abuse, that they got, they even got death threats. And they got things crazy. like you should have been aborted.
0: Wow, that's shocking, isn't it? Twitter can be a really dangerous, nasty place, oh, can't
1: it,
2: yeah. it? And um, and at that point, we hadn't said anything at all publicly about our diagnosis. And that night, I said to her, "You've just made me want to come out. Yeah, this is why we have to come out. If that is happening." I was ignorant to it. I didn't. I didn't even know people responded like that,
1: seeing it as some kind of deep flaw that shouldn't be around. Yeah, we, to, we need to get rid of it rather than learn about it and accept it and embrace it.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I mean, there are lot, there's lots of positive changes that we're seeing now. I just—I don't know if you guys have seen *The Reason I Jump*, um, uh, which uh, won at the Sundance Festival last year. An amazing—not yet, not yet.
1: I'll it's an amazing
0: film nice. about autism, mainly about non-verbal autistic mm-hmm. uh, people. But the, the fact was, in terms of good media or good autism practice, it involved, you know, an advisory panel of autistic people right from the development phase of the production. And you know, and I think that's where we need to be heading in terms of media production and media representation, mm-hmm. where that we involve autistic people in all aspects of the production from from day one. Yeah, definitely.
1: And there probably
2: are a lot of undiagnosed autistic people working in that field yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I wanted to, uh, as we come to a close with today's podcast, I want to ask you both a question, and this is a a question that I ask all my guests on the Different Minds podcast series. So. I wondered if uh, I'll start with you, Heidi, and and, and 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 if if you had the opportunity, what advice would you give your younger self?
2: Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what advice would I give my younger self? Oh, yeah. I guess I'd say to her, probably. I know you you're struggling now, and that you think this is all really tough, and you don't fit anywhere. Um, But you'll see that somewhere along the line, you're going to have everything that you ever wanted and more. You're going to be married to a woman. You're going to have a child. You're going to have a music career. And all those things that made you different are actually going to be to your advantage. So be different. Be as different as you can be and let her shine.
0: Beautiful. Wow. Absolutely beautiful. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Belinda, over to you. <laughs> I, can't, I
1: can't add to that. Oh, you I can't. can't. Come on. No. No, I mean, I actually felt moved when you said that.
0: Yeah, I did. I did too, to be honest. I yeah. can't
1: add to that. Just get a good haircut. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> get a good haircut. Brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what i say to brush my young teeth. self. Brush your teeth. lost.
0: That is is sound advice. Yeah. Keep keep flossing. That's the way forward, isn't it? Yeah. Honestly, thank you so much for your time today. I I think it's one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done on, on my podcast series. Oh,
1: Thanks, oh, Chan. Nice,
0: honestly, it's so interesting speaking to you both. It's so inspirational and, and you yeah, the fact you're sharing your journey, you're gonna I know that you're gonna help other people yeah. feel less alone. Yep. And like you said, you're giving a voice to people that perhaps aren't able to speak at the minute and and you're gonna stand forward to, for those that that hide who they really are. Yeah. So I think um I just, I'm just fascinated by the amazing work that you're doing. I'm going to follow you guys with interest, and all I want to say is keep up the good work.
1: Thanks, and maybe yeah. we can chat in a in a while and see how it's all going for everybody.
0: That would be really good. That would be amazing. Well, thank you so yeah. much, guys. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Cheers. Thanks for having
2: us. Yeah, all your great questions. Yeah.
1: you Jack.